There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. I am living in East Nepal, and my first target is Desidatar. This place is about 12 miles from away from my home. There is no service or transportation there, so I go by walking to reach over there. It takes four hours to reach there by walking. Every Friday I go there and sit one night. We are preaching gospel through door-to-door concept, going their house to meeting them, and meeting also their relatives of new believers, and sharing the gospel to the people of the community who are interested, and also praying for their deceased people and encouraging them to accept God. Some of points for sharing gospel of God's love, humans are sinful. Forgiveness of sins is only in Jesus Christ. And for those who want to, they must accept Jesus Christ. Some of the peoples give positive response. We will talk to their family about it also. While some of the people give negative response, They say Christianity is the religion influenced by Western countries and every religion takes two to heaven, So, but Hindu is oldest of religion. Nevertheless, we share continuously gospel. We go three hours to the area we are targeting. At evening, we do praying together for one hour. On Saturday, we do weekly fellowship from 8 to 10 and we have Bible study from 7 to 8. Recently, we are doing Bible study and learning from the testimony of Jesus Christ. We have seen five people accept Jesus. We are also doing fasting and prayer fellowship, sometimes on Fridays. We thank God, our Father. We have successfully started giving weekly fellowships in Deshadatar. This is the big number one target for our area. I am guiding my disciples through Bible verse and showing them how to share gospel. Magven Anharta is a girl from village that I met. In 2018, Magvan is hurting girl. In her right leg, it is itching and burning, and slowly it becomes a wound. Her father, Pagin, brings her to Kathmandu in March of 2019 to hospital. According to her doctor, advice for two years, her father treated her, but she did not get cured. The last time, the doctor says she have to have cut on her leg because she has cancer. But knowing also that he cannot treat her because they don't have the money. So Pagin 
brought his daughter back to village. And one day I was called by someone to come to that village. I met a family as well as Magwan, and I shared the gospel and prayed for Magwan. This was February 2023, this year. Magwan accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. Only one week after, her leg became healthy. Today she is a very happy girl because she is healthy. Now village knows about Magwen and they are shocked everybody. More than 300 people now want to hear the gospel in that village. Jaimashi! Jaimashi! If you are sponsoring the church planting initiative in Nepal through Gospel Inc., you will know that Jaimashi is the way that Christians in Nepal greet each other. Jaimashi means Jesus is victorious. You would also have recognized that the testimony I read was from the pen of church planter Benjamin Sinjanji. Now, of course, Benjamin Sinjanji is not his real name, and I also changed the names in his testimony. So though Magwen is not the young lady's name, and Pagin is not her father's real name, these are real people. And these events happened this year. And God has not only healed that girl, but God has saved their souls. And through that healing and through the committed work of this national preacher, God has opened a major interest to the gospel in this village of East Nepal. Uh, some of you may remember we met uh, Buddy McLean a few months ago, and Buddy is not his real name. Uh, this is a dear colleague and friend of mine. He pastors in North Carolina, and he is going by Buddy McLean because he is working as the field director for Nepal. In South Asia, but so, today we're talking about Nepal. We are, because you've been there, you've actually Multiple visited Nepal times. Since, since we last talked. And Nepal is our pilot CPI program for South Asia. Yeah, tell us about that. So the CPI model in a nutshell is... The CPI stands for Church, Church Planting, Planting Initiative. Initiative. Good, okay. So we're going we're to come alongside a church planter who's going into a new village, which is an unreached village. And what, what that means they've never had a church wow. in history. In Nepal, there's 80,000 villages... 70,000 have never had a church. Wow. So we're going to we're going to commission a indigenous Nepali church planter to go into a new village and the church planting initiative is going to support him generally for 3 years. The reason I say generally is depending on the level of persecution it can be more difficult. Okay. If we wanted to extend that to 4 to 5 years, that's fine. Generally 3. It's going to support them for 3 years and it's going to give them time to establish a new means of income in their new village to establish a church where the church can actually help and uh, to to make roots in that community where they're respected. Um, and, and so that three-year period of church sponsorship with the CPI model is basically saying, we're going to let you get established, but long-term, you will be self-supported. So it's, it's, a, it's a new model for gospeling it's a little bit of a faith step in launching the guy into the field yes. but not supporting him long long term because he needs to be self-supportive in his community yeah 
I got a lot of questions when I think of that through. Yeah, uh, me even, too. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, um, again, because um, I want to hear some testimonies. I want to, I didn't get to go. I've never yeah. been to that part of Asia. Yeah. Tell me, can you tell me through anecdotal illustration of uh, some of the guys you met and yeah. their vision or what they've done? Yeah, so one of the guys... We've got to in, change names here. We've got to change aliases. Sure, sure. Um, we don't well, want to... If, if their real name was out yeah. there on the internet... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that jeopardize them potentially? It could. I mean, it really could. And, and here's why. Earlier. Let me explain this too. Mm -hmm. Here's why. In Nepal, it is illegal to evangelize. Okay. So if we publish an article about a pastor in West Nepal uh -huh. who is literally has a vision to plant a hundred churches, uh -huh. that is illegal. Okay. <laughs> so okay. we will change the names. Okay. okay? And I'm going to use English names just to make it. All simple. right, that's a probably good idea. So I want to talk about Pastor Bob. Okay. Pastor Bob is in one of our uh, areas where we work in Nepal. Mm -hmm. I won't say which area. And here is his vision, is to train and send out church planters in his entire people group. So this is very, very interesting because part of our vision as Nepal is, is to reach unreached peoples. Sure. Well, we classify unreached peoples as less than 2% Christian. He wants to make them all Christian. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> so. And why not? It, I mean. That's, well, and, and we normally don't see it, but here's what he's doing. Faith moves mountains now. <laughs> this is, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound unbelievable. Okay. He is sending out 20 to 30 church planters every year wow okay how so old, how old a fellow is this this guy is probably it's hard to tell in nepal okay because they're so young right, looking right. and they're so energetic i want to say he's probably late 40s maybe 50. Okay. so he's seasoned yeah and here's what's cool about him his his family was fairly wealthy farmers so when i say fairly wealthy i mean they own a few acres and they can sublease that out to build houses or lease out other farmland. He's basically financing this himself through his farming industry that he subleased out. Now, this is probably five generations of farming. Okay. <clears throat> but he's bringing in people to be mentored at his church. And then he's launching those out. So here's a question too. If he has that kind of backing yep. and he's already doing it, where does yep. Gospeling support come in? How do we change his, how do we help him? I mean, what, is it really significant? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah, so this is this is a great question. So he he's he's running the, the church and the mentor program. Okay. He's not paying the expenses when his church planters leave. Okay. That's where Gospeling comes along. Okay. So one of the things Gospeling is not doing, we're not paying for the education. Okay. Gospeling at this point is not an educational entity. We are the sending entity. So the pastor there, he's he's funding the, the education and the students. And he, he's literally building dormitories on his own, wow. adjacent to his house. Amen. The students live with him, uh, study with him, mentored by him. Once they graduate, then Gospeling comes along and says, hey, let's find your best three students Tell us where they're going. 
Let's support them as they get there. Here's what Gospel Link is doing. You're taking a guy with a vision, and Gospel Link says, we want to help make it possible. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, he doesn't have the fund to support all of those church planters. Right. So in that area of the country, five of those church planters are now supported by Gospel Link who are going into new villages. Now, when I say new villages, most of these villages, A, they've never seen a church before. A Western person has never even been there. And no missionary organization is working in these villages. So Gospel Link is literally on the forefront, the pioneer movement in Nepal mm. for reaching unreached villages. And that's very exciting. So, oh, absolutely. Yep. So, so with Bob, you yep. met him. Yep. Did you meet any of these young men that are I going did. out? Okay. Yeah, multiple of these guys. Um, here's what was interesting about these young men, and I thought I was going to find something interesting, like different. Uh -huh. It really wasn't. So when I, I would ask these guys, I would say, okay, how are you currently making an income? Sure. Some of them didn't understand this question. This is actually a very Western question, right? Like, what do you do for work? And they were like, what do you mean? And I said, well, how do you feed your family? And then they would ask the translator, what does that mean? What is income, right? So the average answer is I'm a goat farmer. That's what I do with my life. And I'm like, okay, well, how do, how do you pay for your house, right? How do you pay for, you know, if you, your kids need clothes? And he says, oh, I sell a goat when I need money, okay. How many goats did you sell last month? Last month I sold two goats. Then how much is a goat? Oh, about $50. Yeah. So last month they made $100. That was the normal average answer. Wow. Um, and then I would say, well, okay, but like, what are, how, is that paying for your groceries? This also was a dumb question. <laughs> they don't have grocery stores in these villages. Like, Buddy's known as the <laughs> dumb question guy. Yeah, I really America. am. <laughs> and then I, and they would say, well, we don't have grocery stores. And I would say, okay, well, what are you eating? And they were like, oh, well, we grow beans. So here's what I learned. In the Nepali villages, they raise goats. When they need money, they sell a goat. And they, they grow beans or lentils. Mm and they eat what is called a dot, uh, which is their, basically a dish of rice and lentils and beans. That's their primary meal for the day. And more than once a day, probably, right? Um, yeah, they're probably gonna eat that at least twice a day. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's really weird. They have different breakfast items than what we would imagine. Oh, by the way, we could do a whole episode on food, and I would love to do that. <laughs> we should do that. Let me just we mention, when I went there, something uh -huh. that shocked me. Okay. Uh, they, would, they would make these dumplings called Momo. And uh, in Nepal, it is illegal to eat cow. Well, they made these dumplings, and I could tell it was something like beef. And, and this is a Christian family. So when you become a Christian, the Nepalis call you the cow eater. Wow. Because you, you've now forsaken the Hindu religion. Uh, and I was like, well, I wonder what's in this Momo. And so I asked the pastor's wife, what is in this Momo? It tastes like beef, but it was actually more juicy. The answer she gave me, water buffalo. Oh, wow. I found out water buffalo is my favorite meat. No kidding. In Nepal. Now, and you could, can you eat a water buffalo, but not a cow? Oh, yeah. Water buffalo is fine. They, okay. don't, they don't worship the water okay. buffalo. Okay. 
So one of the things that surprised me most is when I go over there to interview our church pastors, mm -hmm. our church planners, I ask them, you know, tell me your testimony. How did you become a Christian? Uh, here's the most frequent story I hear, and they'll they'll tell me that either either they were sick, or their children were sick, and they would go to the hospital, and the hospital could not help them. Then they would go to a witch doctor. Every village has a witch doctor. Hmm. The witch doctor is basically a a, a version of the local god like an incarnation of mm -hmm. them and the witch doctor couldn't help them and then they'll say but we heard of a man in our village who worshiped jesus so we went to talk to the man who worshiped jesus and he taught us how to pray to jesus and he told us who jesus was so when we prayed to jesus our son was healed mm. now I'm simply reporting the information as to me being one of the most surprising things. Mm. In Western culture, we don't hear that story a lot. No. There are a few reasons I believe that story happens very, very frequently in Nepal, and here's one of those reasons. In a culture where the the Bible is not existing, the gospel churches don't exist. Right, People no, don't even know who Jesus is. Right, no public opportunities. Right. Sure. He is unknown. Uh, God, obviously, is, is sovereign and can do whatever he wants. But it seems to me that in these cultures where Christ is not named or known, that God is demonstrating his truthfulness through supernatural acts. Mm. Does that happen everywhere in the world? I don't believe it does all the time. Yeah. Can I tell you that I hear that story every time I, I talk to someone? Yes, I can tell you that. Wow. Someone is saying that type of story. Wow. Their mother was sick and could not be healed, had cancer. The hospital said they would die. They went to the, the local Christian, and he taught them about Jesus, so we prayed to Jesus. Hmm. So that's kind of a little bit of the situation. And so sending these guys out, um, do you want to tell us, you know, kind of where we are give us you went how many months ago uh, I went earlier this year okay uh, back in the spring of this year and that's partly for accountability as well as for vision yep so one of the things that gospel Inc. does is we personally vet our CPs so earlier this year I went and praise God we launched five brand new church planters at the uh, the spring of this year okay so praise God Amen. last time we talked Amen. I really wasn't sure what we we're gonna be able to do um, but we, we actually doubled, more than doubled, our number of church planters in Nepal. Wow. These candidates have graduated from a Bible training school. But the problem is, and I don't know how comfortable I can be saying this, there's other religious groups that have gotten to Nepal before the Protestant evangelicals. Okay. And some of these can be... Uh, attend some of them can be cultish, okay. like the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. But... The prosperity gospel is not just big in Africa, it's also big in mm, Asia. Is it? Okay. So even though they've graduated from the Bible Training Center, there still could be a lot of lingering hints of prosperity gospel. So I interview them to basically see where they are on the spectrum. Are they kind of preaching this health, wealth, prosperity thing, or are they preaching the gospel of Christ crucified? Okay, good. So 
where we are right now yep. is um, we successfully launched five church planters this year, and our goal is next year to launch six. Okay. So and you can each one requires how much a month? Each one requires two hundred dollars a month. Okay. So you, your family, or your church can sponsor one church planter who will go plant a church in a village where the gospel has never hmm. been present before. They've never had a church before, never had a missionary before. They've never had anyone come and bring the gospel to them. And when you meet with these guys, yep. they're going into a village where yep. they're not known. Correct. We're sending out guys actually who've experienced church planting themselves. Are they wanting just to go back to their hometown? Are they wanting to go, you know, across the, the the valley or do they see this entire they want to reach their entire people group and that's where i get that excitement sure when i hear a guy say oh man, man my vision for the next 20 30 years is to plant a church in every village of my people group i say that's a guy gospel link wants to come beside And the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth, the kingdom of love and light. So today, I thank you for your time, Brother Dean. I uh, thank you for your listeners' time. So if anyone's willing to be a sponsor, $200 a month, or it could be $100 or $50, just help us get there. You can go to gospellink.org slash donate. I'd love to let you jump on a Zoom call and talk to this pastor. Talk to my friend, Pastor Sam, who's a cow eater and is a Christian now and doesn't worship the cows anymore. Um, You know, if you want to be a sponsor, I want you to be personally connected with these guys. And I want you to encourage them as they encourage you. That is correct. You are invited to be on a Zoom call with Buddy McLean and some of his Nepal gospeling supported preachers. Do not write to Dean at Cup of Good News, but you can write to J.B. McLean at gospeling.org to set that up. That's J-B-M-C-L-E-A-N, J.B. McLean at gospeling.org. I know not everyone thinks highly of Zoom, But I'll tell you, to be able to be face-to-face with godly Christians from another country, like Nepal, oh, my friends, that is good news.